sometimes the hardest thing to do is just be alone. And I'm not talking about being single. And I'm not talking about how hard it is to get alone time when you have kids. I mean, just being alone with your thoughts. And we do all kinds of things to distract ourselves from being alone with our thoughts. Video games, whether you're playing on PC or console or you're playing Candy Crush. Words with friends, yes, these are games. These qualify as video games. Maybe you're reading a book. I'm not talking about a self-help book. I'm not talking about the Bible, either. I'm talking about, like, Harry Potter. Stories to put you in another world. See, we do all kinds of things to distract ourselves, but eventually, we can't anymore. You can only binge-watch Netflix so much. And you can only scroll through Facebook so many times. Eventually, we all turn everything off, and we lay down in bed. And for a few minutes... We're alone with our thoughts. But instead of dreading this time, let's find ourselves again. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the Single Parent Preacher. My name is Alex. It's one of the great questions that every person struggles with. Who am I? We define ourselves so much by what we do. What's your job? What's your hobby? What Do you have kids? Are you a single parent? Do you have a husband? Like we define ourselves so much by these things and not all of those things are healthy for us and when we define ourselves and we define ourselves by other people we have a problem because other people put expectations on us they label us define us oh there goes alex he's the computer guy puts us in these boxes and i've talked about that before and you've almost certainly heard other people talk about this idea before. And shows like The Voice, they all have these stories of, oh, I'm a bank teller from Toledo. And they all go, oh, you have such an amazing voice for being a bank teller. Well, because a person is more than what they do, right? Even The Masked Singer, I have a thing for like singing competition shows. Even the mass singer, here are these celebrities, a lot of whom aren't aren't known for singing, and yet they sing, and some of them sing really well. And then they get unmasked, and they're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know you could sing like that. You put people in these boxes. So yeah, a part of finding yourself is not letting other people define you, but I want to talk about something a little bit more toxic. Because those things aren't necessary. You don't necessarily lose yourself in those things. Sometimes it's just like a secret skill. It's like, oh, I'm a bank teller and I also happen to be a really good singer. But what if somebody tries to take your identity from you? And I don't mean like got your social security number identity theft. I mean, what if you have somebody in your life who routinely tears you down, who makes you question everything you know. Sometimes it can be so bad. You question reality itself. You drive to the store to buy groceries, and maybe you run into a friend, or the lines are really long, or something happens that makes it take longer than it normally would. And then you go back home, and somebody was waiting for you to come back. and You tell the story, oh, the lines were so long, or oh, I 
ran into my friend or you know whoever's waiting for you says something like you didn't go to the store you went out and did this thing you went out and got drunk you went out and did that you could be standing there with like grocery bags in your hand but now you're arguing about whether or not you really went to the store about whether or not the reason it took so long was really because of traffic oh couldn't be traffic it's not that bad you must have stopped somewhere else you must have done something else this happens enough you start to wonder what's real you start to define your reality by what somebody else is telling you and not in the kind of cute oh i didn't know a bank teller could sing like that way in the if i don't conform to what they're telling me happened then there's going to be a problem and i don't want a problem so i'm just gonna give in i'm just gonna capitulate to whatever they say because i don't want an argument it's called gaslighting it's a psychological emotional abuse and it really has a lot of effects but the the two i really want to talk about is it it makes you doubt your sanity and it makes you depend on that other person to tell you who you are to tell you what you believe and that's not healthy and you lose yourself and if you manage to get away there's now a real journey that has to take place a real journey of self-discovery because you have to find out who you are again or if it's been a long time you have to figure out who you are now because who you are now is different than who you were 5 10 15 years ago and you have to figure out who that is because that voice that doubt voice that doesn't go away when that person or those people or that source isn't in your life anymore it doesn't go away immediately it keeps ringing and keeps talking and until you get past it until you start healing from it it holds you down and it hurts you and it holds you back and it's going to and i know i've gone a long time at this point and I haven't mentioned God, I haven't brought up a scripture, and we're we're getting there. Because that's the first place we need to go. But I wanted to establish and explain so you understand that these things happen. Things happen that cause us to lose ourselves. Sometimes people take it from us. And it's not because you did anything wrong. Now, that's what you might have been told. It may have been said to you that you did this wrong. You deserve it. This happened because you did it. I'm here to tell you, no, that's not what happened. Now, there may have been situations that you didn't handle as well as you could. I mean, that happens to all of us every day. Just because maybe you didn't handle it the right way doesn't make the abuse okay it doesn't mean that you're the problem well the bible says mercy triumphs over judgment so let's talk about this how do we do it how do we start well start with this start by realizing what a miracle it is to be here to be alive for you to be alive 
Now, you may look at your circumstances and think about what you've gone through and gone, this does not feel like a miracle. But there is an all-powerful God who saw enough value in you for you to be made. Psalm 139, starting at verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful all your works, my soul knows it well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. David is acknowledging, realizing here that God is responsible for him being alive. And not only that, but God knew everything that was going to happen. And now if you go over the course of David's life, it's not unreasonable to go, well, if God knew that was going to happen, man, that's tough because David was disrespected by his family at first, you know, because Jesse brings out all of his other sons and Samuel's like, do you have anybody else? And they're like, yeah, I mean, there's David, he's out in the field. And then Goliath laughs at him. And then Saul throws spears at him, and then he runs around the wilderness for ten years, and then he sins with Bathsheba, and they lose their first kid. David did not live like an easy life. Yeah, he was king, he was rich, but he went through some stuff. But David still found himself in a place where he acknowledged who God was and is. That even before he drew breath, God saw him, and he loved him. And then he made him. The same is true for you. You were made for a purpose. And yeah, you've gone through some stuff. And how you let that affect you determines how you're going to respond to what I'm saying right now. It determines what's going to happen tomorrow. And the next day. And the next day. And the next day. This isn't just a message for single parents. This is a message for anybody who's felt like this, anybody who's searching, God has the answer. And it starts with accepting that he loved you enough to make you. And accepting the fact that everybody goes through stuff. Some of it's worse than others, absolutely. But that just because you've gone through something, you're going through something, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean you're being punished. It doesn't mean any of those things. He still loves you. He still made you. And he still wants to take care of you. And he is in ways we don't even understand. This brings me to my second part, which is get help. A journey of self-discovery, oddly, is very rarely done alone. Sure, there are things you have to deal with on your own. You know, if you're going to make an attitude choice, nobody else can do that for you. You have to change your attitude. If you're going to change your routine, you have to change your routine. But we all feel lost sometimes. We don't know what to do, where to go, who to talk to. Do you even talk to anybody? Yes. I'll answer that question for you. Yes, talk to somebody. I've said it before. I'm going to say it now. I'm going to say it again later. Find someone you can trust. And if you don't have anybody in your life, in your circle, 
that you can trust to that extent, find a therapist, find a counselor. You know, if you're fortunate enough to have a job with an employee assistance program, use it. Maybe you're on the other side of the spectrum and you you don't have much at all. You barely scrape by. You're doing odd jobs. You don't even have like a standard job. There are social services for that too. Talk to your pastor. You don't have to get into the whole thing. Pastor, I really need some help. I need somebody to talk to because I need to start healing from this. And they might say, hey, I know this person. Maybe they have the ability to talk to you and counsel you themselves. Some pastors don't have that kind of time. Sounds tragic. But in the book of Acts, we see that the apostles are presented with an issue. That there are widows, there are people who are being left out in the distribution of food. And they say, well, we need to dedicate ourselves to the word and to teaching. But pick from among you some men to handle this. And they do. The church prays and they pick out some people and the apostles anoint them and they go off and they handle the situation. So don't take it personally if you approach your your pastor or deacon or somebody in your church and say, I need some help. And they go, well, I'm not the one who can help you with that. It's probably not personal. That's just not their task their their gifting maybe they don't feel comfortable doing that maybe it's just not who they are but they'll probably know who is you know if the power goes out in your house you need to go get things like candles and matches and make sure that the stuff in the refrigerator stays cold in the freezer if you have some you know putting ice in you you have to set things up but what's the first thing you have to find you have to find a light The same goes for our hearts and our minds. When you're lost and you don't know where to go, you can sit back and you can lament all you want about not knowing where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle it. You can do that all you want. But the first thing you need is a light to be able to even see where you're going. The Bible says that God is a light unto our feet a lamp unto our path. So you start with God and then you get some help. And here's something that you can only do really for yourself. This is the hardest one, I think. At least it is for me. You know, I can read the Bible and I can read all the things that God says about being a his child, being a saint, being redeemed, being fearfully and wonderfully made. I could do that, and I could reach out, and I could get help, and I could have pe- person after person, counselor and pastor and friend, and all these people speaking this life and this restoration into my life. But if I don't let go, I don't get anywhere. Those first two things are like the fuel and the motor for a boat. So you could get the fuel, and you could turn the motor on, and you could start driving, but if you're still attached to the pier, you're not going anywhere. You have to let go of who you think you are, of who other people have told you you are. And the reason I think this is the hardest one is because you're giving up your understanding of who you are. There are people who say, oh, I feel like a nobody. 
because they don't get the respect that they want or they don't get the attention they want. They feel like a nobody. They feel like they're not getting what they deserve from the world. So they feel like a nobody. This is feeling like a nobody. Except it's not because you're not getting attention. It's because you don't know who you are. You have a name and that defines you into an existence. You are Betsy. Nobody else is Betsy. For it is appointed for a man once to live and once to die. Nobody else is this Betsy. Yeah, I just pulled the name Betsy out of thin air. Nobody else is you, but you are defined by what? Now, we're supposed to be defined by what God says about us. But the thing is, you can't accept that if you're still holding on to the old stuff. You know, for a long time, I have been defined and I have defined myself as a gamer and a nerd. And I've always kind of put myself in that bubble. And if you look around my house, it, you could tell this is a guy who's got his tech going on. Not as much as other people, but like tech is in my house. And the people in my life know that. When they have tech issues, I'm the first call, usually. But I find myself getting growing frustrated with that definition. Because I felt like that's all people see me as. It's like I'm the bank teller without the singing. Call back. But that's not all I am. That's not all God made me to be. So I have to be willing to let that go as a definition of who I am. And I have to be willing to hold on to who God says I am. And when that kind of change happens, yeah, it changes your behavior. It changes the things you do, the people you talk to, the stuff you watch. But it's supposed to. You can't find yourself in God, and then expect everything around you to stay the same. It has to change. It, it has to, just logically. But we can get discouraged because it was, it's not what we're used to. We don't know how to do it. Oh, it's too hard. Let me give up. I mean, I was playing Mario Maker with my son earlier. And I was playing a level that had a, a condition, and I kept losing the thing. That let me complete the level, so I hit start over. And I have been teaching my son about not giving up. Perseverance. And I kept hitting start over. <laughs> he goes, Daddy, isn't hitting start over giving up? And the answer is no. Because first of all, hitting start over means you're going to try again. And in the case of you know, the game, there was no other way to complete the level you had to have that thing and without it you can't finish our lives are not unlike that scenario it feels like starting over is giving up and in a way it is because whatever's going on at that point you're letting that go you're giving that up but maybe you're not able to fulfill that part of your life right now maybe you have to let it go right now but also you're trying something new starting over means you get to go again and until we hit exit course which by the way is the other option which means you're done i don't want to try anymore. that's exit course now that's giving up and sometimes there are things in our lives that we just have to give up 
We just have to let go. And when it comes to our past identity about stuff, boom, that's not a start over. Let that go. Because you're at a new place, a new understanding, new level. And that old stuff isn't going to work. So find what God says. Get help and let go of the past. When you do those three things, that's when you can start finding yourself. That's when your life starts changing. The people around you will notice, and they may not like it. It may change. You may change the people that you're around, and the old people you're around may not like being dismissed. Most people don't. But it will be better for you. That's what matters. That's what God ultimately wants. Because, yeah, David went through all that stuff. David was still king. David is still known as the man after God's own heart. Ultimately, that's what God wants for you. Maybe not to be king or queen, but to be able to have joy, even when things around you are falling apart. To be able to have his peace, his guidance, and to not lose yourself, because who you are is tied up in what he says. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your love, for your compassion. We thank you for making us. We thank you for the strength to get through the things that we've gone through. Thank you that you don't hang us out to dry. Pray that you help us all to find ourselves in you. To not be prideful, to not hold on to the past, but to just let you speak. That we can be the people that you made us to be. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can find me on Twitter at SPPreacherPod. You can email me at thesingleparentpreacher at gmail.com. The way those things are all spelled out is in the episode description on your podcatcher app. Whatever app you use, it should be there. Thank you for your time. I hope that this has been helpful. And if it is, leave a review, send me an email, send me a tweet, let me know. Until next time, remember, you don't have to go on the journey to find yourself alone. God wants to be your light. Let him.